The Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today podcast is brought to you in part by Beck Dental Care, Columbia Academy, Jones and Ling Sporting Goods, Andy Wilhoit with United Country Realty, the Law Office of David A. Bates, and Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Their trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact them. Today with TSWA Hall of Famer Maurice Patton. Here's Chris Yao. Good Friday morning. Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. Coming to you live this morning from parts unknown. It's Friday. We uh we were like, you know what? This driving thing ain't for us. So we come to you from each of our humble abodes. And that's okay. We're going to bring you the best in high school, college, and pro sports knowledge. You see how I did that there? It rhymed and didn't even mean to. You're a poet and didn't even know it, huh? Man. Bust a rhyme anytime. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Yeah. So, guys, good morning and what's going on? Good morning, and when you say we're coming to you from our humble abodes, I got to kind of throw an asterisk next to that one because yeah, the the internet at my abode wasn't cooperating last night, and so I'm actually stealing internet at my parents' house, which is fortunately about three minutes away. So, can you really steal internet from your parents? I mean, I feel like that's just well. I feel like they've given you permission. Should be a given, well, right? And and my dad would my dad would say you're not stealing it, you're taking it. Stealing it is when you do something without someone's knowledge. So yeah, you're absolutely right. I'm taking their internet. Yeah, yeah. Of course, if he could figure a way to charge me for it, he probably would. But um, <laughs> that's what I'm, I'm not, talking about. I'm not sure we're that far along yet. So. Oh man! So we've uh, we've got a really good show for you lined up today. Probably uh, as good of a second hour as you're going to find on this show anytime. Uh, as we, of course we have the rundown, which is, is going to be here in just a few minutes, where we'll tell you about last night's games and tonight's schedule as we know it. Um, so we've got that, of course. Uh, got some interesting information. We we told you earlier this week about. Uh, the TWSAA and officials compensation and we have some interesting angles and aspects of that in Murray County specifically not quite sure about other places but I I feel like there are some other places who will be doing uh, what Murray County, what some of the Murray County schools have decided to do and we'll tell you what that is in the next segment in hour two we're going to be visited by um, the Athletics' Joe Rexroad, and he's going to stay with us for a, a couple of segments and talk 
Tennessee Vols, Tennessee Titans. Uh, I'm really excited to talk about uh, the the Tennessee situation and see what he is hearing over in Knoxville as they have essentially said we're not extending anybody and there are a couple of folks who whose contracts end at the end of this month including T Martin so be interested to hear what he has to say about that of course Auburn made some unique hires uh in the last 24 hours so we'll tell you who all of those are we'll get into uh plenty of college football obviously the titans and we'll give you some predictions and parting shots in that last segment it'll be a lot of fun so appreciate you guys listening in this morning and jp um you are you got up and got dressed this morning which doesn't always happen when we're at our houses <laughs> Sometimes you're just in a robe, and I'm like, what, what is it's, this JP it's a, doing? It's a cardigan sweater. It's not a robe. It's a cardigan oh, okay. sweater. Well, I'm going to yeah. tell you. It just looks from, like something Joseph would have worn. Yeah. From from the view that we get on FaceTime, it looks like a, like a robe. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he's, he's uh, riding a donkey with Mary to give birth to Jesus. <laughs> hey, I'm... Uh, I got some OG fashion. What can I say? Uh, <laughs> it's it's either a robe Old or a school. smoking jacket. It's not. It's, the, yeah. it's a smoking uh, jacket. Uh huh. Yeah. Well, it's it's got the nice uh, thick fibers that it can absorb the uh, the fine aroma of uh, perhaps some um, some uh, you know maybe tobacco pipe or cigar. Sure. The JP plant setting setting the the fashion tone down there in lawrenceburg <laughs> setting the fashion on radio yes there that's that's yeah. me <laughs> yeah, that's it. you and all you and all the other redheads in lawrenceburg oh boy a lot that's, of gingers yep <laughs> apparently I, who knew um we got a lot of a lot of uh snow on the ground down here too do you because oh, yeah. we have none up here yeah what was well, you have close you to have an inch still yeah I mean, some of it's starting to burn off, uh, but uh, it was uh, it was a nice uh, winter wonderland driving home last evening after TSL, and it snowed the entire way, uh, driving about thirty miles an hour. There were snow on the roads because it was coming down so quickly. Yeah, it was uh, it was a nice little journey. Glad you made it. Safe. Yeah, yeah. Those yesterday, those were the biggest those were snowflakes big, I've yep. ever seen. I mean, seriously, y'all. I, I, I have never seen snowflakes that looked like snowballs coming from the <laughs> sky. <laughs> Golf ball size snowflakes. You know, we talk about hail size, nickel, dime, mm-hmm. um, baseball. The, these were almost softball. Prob- you know, they there probably were, in all seriousness, a couple of, uh, um, what, nickel size, quarter size, maybe these quarter size, size, quarter size snowflakes. Were, uh, I mean, they were they big. Were big. So it's funny you say that because as I'm scrolling through my Twitter feed this morning, I'm seeing Summertown High School retweeting some some snowmen from around Summertown. So, oh goodness! Yeah, uh, yeah. That, go look at our Twitter feed. I just I just retweeted one, and um, that's a lot of snow. You're right. Wow. I mean, it covered the ground. Yeah. Oh yeah. It was like I said. It was, it was covering the road last night. That is fantastic. Huh. Man, what a day. Didn't was, even know it was... It was real snow. It, this wasn't uh, southern snow. This was real snow. 
Apparently. <laughs> I'm looking at this snowman with this summertime cap and this UT flag. I'm loving that. Yeah. <laughs> That's big time. Well, um, check out our check out our Twitter account, SM TN. I'm sorry, SM underscore TN Sports. Yeah, you got to get the underscore. Twitter won't let you have a dash, but that's also our our Instagram as well, SM underscore TN Sports. And then, of course, you can find us on Facebook. Just search it, uh, Southern Middle Tennessee Sports. We had a great week this week, guys. We had a, a lot of um, great guests on our show. And if you missed any of our shows this week and want to go back and listen, uh, you can do that on our podcast. You can find the podcast on our website, sm-tnsports.com, or you can just search sm-tn sports today on whatever podcast outlet you like to use google play spotify apple podcasts any of those can can get you there um and then of course all the the random ones like deezer and <laughs> I, I, can't, I don't even know what all the, what all they are but there's a bunch of them out there so but we're on all of them we're on just about anywhere you get podcasts. The only place we're not is like Amazon or iHeartRadio or anything, obviously, because we're not an iHeartRadio station. Um, but, yeah, so the podcast is up for you to check out. And, it again, it's got a lot of great information and some great guests, and you should definitely look into it. And if you miss any part of today's show, you can check that out there as well. One of the things we like to do on the show and the podcast is give you the scores and schedule from high school sports, and we do that each day on The Rundown. This is The Rundown. In girls' action last night, Providence Christian defeated Visiting Columbia Academy 58-35 despite 16 points from Maddie Lewis, including three three-pointers. Spring Hill went to Mount Pleasant, and the Lady Raiders continue to roll with a 56-17 victory out there. Um, Bell Brashear and Cole Alderson with 11 points each for the Lady Raiders. Bailey Gray led Mount Pleasant with five. Franklin Road Academy's girls defeated Zion Christian 61-21, and as I said, all of those were girls' games because COVID issues kept Columbia Academy's boys, Spring Hill's boys, both off the floor. We're not sure what the issue was in the Franklin Road Academy Zion Christian game, but that was a girls only affair as well. Yes, and that means that with Columbia Academy's boys out, uh, they will host Grace Christian tonight in a girls only affair. And Columbia Central will host Lincoln County in JV Boys at 6 and Varsity Boys at 7.30. Is that correct? That is correct because Columbia uh, Columbia Central's girls are currently in quarantine. And then Mount Pleasant will travel to Hampshire. Summertown hosts Perry County. Richland going over to Santa Fe, and I will be there for that one. Cullioca hosts Riverside Christian and Summit and then Summit travels to Independence. We might need to touch on why you're going to make it a point to be at Richland Santa Fe. And we will. All right then. Um in a rest, big wrestling um I guess it's a duels tournament down at Father Ryan beginning at three o'clock today with um 
Brentwood, Brentwood Academy, Centennial, Cleveland, Fairview, Macaulay, and our end to win team of the week. I got Players that wrong. Week. I'm sorry. It's okay. One of our superlatives this week, the Summit Wrestling Team, will be at Father Ryan again. Wrestling starts at 3 o'clock down there. So um, if you want to get your fill, well, if you're not a parent of somebody participating, I guess you'll just have to hear about it here. So you, I'm sure Father Ryan will be uh, will be streaming on NFHS or some other outlet. And then on Saturday, uh, Zion Christian's boys supposed to go to Middle Tennessee Christian at 4.30, but we're not exactly sure whether that's going to happen or not, so we will let you know as soon as we know uh, if Zion Christian's boys were the problem or Franklin Road Academy's boys were the problem. That will make a difference. So we'll let you know as soon as we know. But that being said, this was your Friday rundown on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports. And as Mo told you in the rundown, if you are if you are a parent and you can get out to Richland, Santa Fe, definitely do so. If not, keep up with me at ChrisYow14 or on SM underscore TN Sports on Twitter because Richland guard, girls guard, Jesse Jennings is likely to go over 2,000 career points in tonight's game against Santa Fe, which is a pretty big accomplishment for anybody, really. It's a pretty big accomplishment, and given her performance to this point, it's highly likely, like you said. In fact, it's pretty unlikely that she won't go over it tonight. Exactly. Uh, I think she had what – what did we have her with? Uh, was it Monday night they played? I they played Monday and Tuesday night. They played against Fayetteville on Monday, and they played Huntland on Tuesday. Yeah, Tuesday was she had 24. And if you add that to her 1968, then she has uh, – 1992, is that right? Or 82? 92. 92. That's what I thought. Said Alabama math. I got it right the first time. But you didn't know. I did not know. (laughs) It's too early to be doing math. I was told there would be no math. Yeah. (laughs) So if she doesn't score eight points tonight, I'll be shocked. Yeah. Exactly. Hopefully she does it on like a three-pointer or something like (laughs) that. You know, I mean, it's... You, it's nice to see kids get these milestones and that kind of thing, but don't do it on a free throw. Right. Um, I hate to say it's not going to be at home. Can't call mm-hmm. time out and like do a whole thing, but it is what it is. Yeah. All right. So when we come back on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Day, we will tell you about um, what some local teams are doing for their officials and maybe give you some of the the things we've seen since the attendance has been cut. So, mm-hmm. some things we've noticed. 
But yeah, we'll we'll get we'll get into all that on the other side of a break. This is Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. Stay tuned. Hey folks, while we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ned Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader-building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. Are you finally ready to turn your outdated kitchen into a dream kitchen, but you don't want to deal with the hassle of a remodel? Call our friends Lynn and Kathy over at By Design Cabinetry in Spring Hill. They have the latest trends and timeless classic looks for your home. By Design Cabinetry is your solution to indoor and outdoor cabinets. Visit them at bydesigncabinetry.com or call 615-241-1195. Middle Tennessee Sports Today, the sports talk show you've always wanted. It's exactly what you guys wanted, you know. We, we asked. That's how we know. <laughs> okay, we didn't ask. We just, we're assuming. Yeah, we just decided that. We decided that was a good idea. We just decided that this, would, that, that this was what everybody wanted. Yeah, yeah. We hope you're enjoying it, though. Whether or not you want, whether or not you knew you wanted it, we hope that you have decided that you do. So that makes a big difference, you know. Whether you, maybe we have converted you to. I hope so. <laughs> I hope so. Oh. You know, we typically spend the first hour of this show talking about high school sports, um, and. In most cases, we do. Uh, sometimes that doesn't really lend itself to the way the conversation is able to go just because, you know, we we like to be, you know, home at least a couple nights a week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and that couple of nights a week is probably going to change for one of us here in a couple months. Yeah, it's still going to be. No, I, I mean, I'll, I will still be doing my job. We'll put it that way. Uh, and, but yeah, it's, it, you know, it's, um, it is what it is. But we did, you know, again, Southern Middle Tennessee Sports, sm-tnsports.com. You can still get all the information there. We've got um, box scores from last night's games. Of course, the schedule is on there as well. Uh, we'll have a story later today about this particular subject. Um, and it, it's we talked about it earlier this week. I think we talked about it on Monday. I believe where, so. That TWSWA officials were told, I, I guess over the weekend or on Friday of last week at some point, uh, there was a decision made at some point in the recent past that officials' pay per game 
would decrease uh, for varsity especially from $75 per contest to um or 105 per double header 105 for a double header yeah down to $50 for a single game and is it 75 for 80 80 for 80 a double for a header, header. Mm-hmm. so that was obviously a big deal i mean again like i said officials don't do it for the money most of the time but i mean to do what they do they deserve to get paid and they certainly deserve more than they've been getting paid well uh, they um they were actually notified a week ago on right <laughs> happy new year uh, right on friday <laughs> that um you know following the executive order from from governor lee regarding you know attendance at high school sporting events over in the next little bit that um in an effort, I guess, to give some relief to the high school programs that are playing basketball, that this would, would be taking place. And, you know, it depends on who you talk to as to how much communication there was with the officials prior to this actually being enacted. But, you know, there have been some interesting questions raised. It's like, one, why is it just basketball officials that are being asked to to take this pay reduction, particularly when, you know, they're kind of putting themselves on the line by going out and officiating these games in the middle of mm-hmm. a pandemic. So, you know, this is this is how you show the appreciation to them. You know, that's one angle that has been brought about as far as that goes. You know, another angle is, you know, it, you, you reduce the basketball officials' pay almost unilaterally but, you know, you've got security, you've got, you know, cleanup, that kind of thing. Are, are they being asked to take a pay reduction or have they been, you know, given a pay reduction since the officials weren't asked, according to some? Um, you know, there was limited attendance at fall sports as well. Did football officials get a pay reduction? Yeah, there, there are a lot of questions that a lot of people have with regards to this action, and you're rightfully so, I think, particularly just the way that it came down. I, I think that's the biggest thing. And, and again, the amount, the degree of communication kind of depends on who you talk to, I think. We spoke with Gene Moniz earlier this week with the TSSAA state office, who is in charge of basketball officiating and and the one comment he made that was dead on is you know i didn't have to ask 1500 officials across the state if they wanted a pay cut yeah he knew that (laughs) so you know i mean i get that and that makes sense but at the same time i think from a how you treat people thing if if folks know something's coming then maybe they they can take it better than than just hey this is what we're going to do i i can certainly understand that and as far as the you know the officiate you know the officials pay is not great as it is and mm. some of the 
the vocal beatings they take, uh, especially during basketball, because you're right there. I mean, the fans are right there on you typically in a normal season. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it, it can it can be challenging to to take that kind of you know, I guess criticism. Yeah. Yeah. And especially from people when, you know, you know, they've never done it. They've never been out there. They don't understand what it's like, what it takes. Um, and that's unfortunate because, you know, I I will say this. (laughs) One time I, I had a, I had a guy, at a youth game, just absolutely giving me up the road. I offered him my whistle. I said, dude, if you want to help, I, I'll take it. <laughs> and he, of course, did not of course. Uh, feel like – he didn't feel like that was his uh, his job to do. <laughs> I said, well, I mean, I'm doing the best I can. I, I mean, if you want to come out here and help us, buddy, feel free. <laughs> we'll, we'll take all we can get. You know, <laughs> and, and, and it's understandable you know, for the last few years – the talk has been that we're having a tough time getting officials. We're having a tough time retaining officials because the good young officials eventually have opportunities beyond the high school level that pay better and are, you know, maybe a little bit more stature involved with them. So, the good young officials get uh, good young officials get those opportunities, and the others, many of them, are like, "I don't have to take this. I can I can get this kind of abuse at home for my wife and kids or husband and kids." Yeah, so um, so you're kind of left with what you're left with. But the flip side of that is, you know, when the officials that you do have, you're giving them a mandated pay cut. It's like. Why am I going to stick around, take this abuse for less money? And on top of that, in some conversations with some folks, Tennessee's game fees under normal circumstances are less than those of almost every one of the bordering states at the high school level, which, of course, that's not Tennessee's concern. But at the same time, if if officiating is an issue – I would think that one of the things that you need to take a look at is are we properly compensating the officials that we have? And like you said, Chris, nobody does it for the money. But you do want to be appreciated. Well, I, I And you say can't this. lose money. I mean right. if it, uh, driving to a certain place or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, in in Tennessee we border three states, and there are a lot of counties on the bottom side of this state. And if I'm an official and I live in Lawrence County, Tennessee, guess what? I'm probably hmm. calling in Muscle Shoals. <laughs> That's a thought. I mean, so you're you're you the, the rules aren't going to be a whole lot different. <laughs> they're all exactly the same. Every it's NFHS National Federation High School rules. The rules are exactly the same, and. If I can get paid almost forty dollars more for a double header, plus mileage, I'm probably going to drive, you know, an extra thirty minutes down to Alabama or yeah. Georgia if I'm in East Tennessee and Mississippi if I'm in West Tennessee. 
Well, I mean, and, and we border Kentucky on the north, so I mean, and Virginia. So, yeah, I mean, you, you know, got options if you are in those areas. So, I'm just saying. Yeah, and and it makes a lot of sense, but you know, the bottom line is the reduction is only through the end of the regular season. Once postseason play kicks in, they're going. They are going back to the originally established numbers, 105 for double headers, um, 80, I'm sorry, 75 for single games. So well, it's only about a month to six weeks that officials are being asked to take this hit. And you mentioned, you know, taking the abuse for less money. In my experience thus far, I've only been to a couple of games, mm-hmm. but it appears that parents – have been less of an issue with you know getting on officials. I haven't heard a lot of negative officiating comments. Now, because there are fewer fans, it's easier to know who said what. <laughs> so it's I don't know if that has to do with it or if parents aren't necessarily the big issue if it's just fans of these teams who come out to these games and they're like you know they're the ones getting on the refs but i definitely think that social distancing has certainly uh negated some criticism of officials from the stands because well there's nobody within six to 12 feet of you it's pretty easy to know who said what yeah maybe maybe some folks have modified some behaviors because you know, as as hard as it was for me to get into this game, I don't want to get thrown out of it. So, <laughs> right. I don't want to. I don't want to get chunked. So, yeah, yeah. And and, so. and it could absolutely happen. I mean, depending on how badly and how you know what you say, but it's weird, right? Like, I mean, what's uh, what's to say that? You know these these fans or these parents aren't are the ones who are doing it. You know, maybe it is just random people coming to the ball games who are getting on officials a little bit harder. I don't know. I don't know what it is. All I know is this particular situation they're in, they're getting yelled at less, and that's a positive. <laughs> that that is a good thing. That, I mean, <laughs> one one good thing to come out of the pandemic, I guess. And um, and as you mentioned in the in the earlier segment, Chris, some of our local programs are continuing to pay these officials at the rate that they had set prior to the season so yeah i mean if you've already budgeted the money in mm -hmm. like some have that makes sense right yeah and you know the money's there the guys are doing the same job this this pay cut took effect beginning this week but you know, the money is still there. You know, they're doing the same thing. They're not doing anything differently this week than they were doing last week. And so from that standpoint, some of these school officials feel like it's the thing to do is to continue to pay these guys. You know, I spoke to Derek Boyd, the boys basketball coach and AD out at Zion Christian. And he said, you know, we're going to lose money. It's not anybody's fault. It just is what it is. But we feel like it's the right thing to do. These guys are coming out and doing the same thing that they've been doing, and we should pay them the agreed-upon rate. So, 
I'm I'm glad there are some schools who are doing it anyway. What I'm afraid of is if you don't pay us the the regular rate, you may not get officials. I mean, is, is, I don't guess that's – I hope that's not something that could happen. But as an official, like when you're assigned the game, you know where you're going. You know who's going to be playing. You can, you can accept or reject. Now, you're not – you know, you don't want to reject too many assignments because then you won't get any more assignments. But, I mean, you could – Say well, they're, if they're not paying me normal rates, we're not going, and that's a that that could become an issue. I don't, you know. Yeah, and and I would hope that you know when we come through this, that a look is taken at, you know, what what game fees are in Tennessee and what game fees are in other states, and ideally, these guys get, you know brought up to speed relative to what some other states are paying and that kind of thing. Because to me, if getting and keeping officials is the issue that everybody agrees that it is, why not at least address that? I mean, again, they're not doing it for the money, but, but it sure is nice to feel like you're getting what you're worth. Yeah, regardless absolutely. of what it is you're doing. So there you go. Hopefully we can keep officials. If you're out there and you're thinking about officiating, do it. it it's worth it. It's it's it, it's a it's a fun experience. Um of course if, well, it, if it's I would first... think it's a great I, I would think it's a great way to stay involved in a sport that, that clearly you, you have some some affinity for if you've played it, that kind of thing. I see a lot of former wrestlers and in one case a former wrestling coach that is um that are officials now and you know there was a guy um the guy that officiated the Vanderbilt Kentucky game earlier this week Will Howard Downs played at University School of Nashville back in the mid 90s I mean he's played at Belmont then he got into officiating and and he was one of those young guys that I referred to earlier who you know, high schools couldn't hold him, and now he's calling at the Southeastern Conference level, and and people in that world call him a rising star in in officiating. So, you know, there there are opportunities out there. There are a lot of guys that I cover back in the well over the course of my career that I've seen come into gyms these days with striped shirts on, and and you know, it, it's fun to see those guys continuing to do it on the other side yep, and do it well. I agree completely. All right. We'll have a story on that. You'll get some more information on sm-tnsports.com later today, so keep an eye out for that. And when we come back, we'll tell you who the Auburn Tigers have decided to hire as assistant coaches and coordinators. They have both coordinators and at least one new assistant. So that should be a lot of fun. Uh, we'll be right back on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Stay tuned. If you've listened to this show, you know Chris and I are always down for a good meal. Recently, we learned about Patio West in Spring Hill and what a pleasure it has been. Their menu is full of seafood, burgers, and more, giving every member of your family something to enjoy. 
Be sure to go by Patio West Coastal and Comfort Eats located at 3011 Longford Drive in Spring Hill or visit patiowest.com and tell them the guys at Southern Middle Tennessee Sports sent you. When we're out covering sports in and around Murray County, communication between Maurice and I is absolutely vital to our success. When your business needs top-notch communication and local service, Covenant Technology is there, and they are dedicated to helping your business succeed by ensuring open lines of communication to your clients and customers. Contact them today at 615-846-9898 or visit covenanttechnology.net. Sports and beyond. It's on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today. Welcome back into Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. As I am scrolling Twitter as one does during our show, because I'm always looking for something unique to bring to you. And I come across this tweet from a guy, and I just see a bunch of green check marks. And I thought, what are all these check marks for? Well, there are 11 check marks for Devontae Smith. <laughs> In Devontae Smith's career, he has a national title game winning reception, a Heisman Trophy, Bolitnikoff, Walter Camp, Paul Horning, Maxwell, AP Player of the Year, SEC Player of the Year, two time first team All SEC, unanimous All American, and all the records that he has. He's also won the Rose Bowl, Sugar Bowl, and Orange Bowl. That's wild. Does that make him the most decorated in the history of college football? I I think it certainly could make him the most decorated wide receiver in the history of college football. Oh, I'm not talking receiver. Uh, Maybe. (laughs) That's a lot of check marks. (laughs) I mean, it's. I mean, it's when you crazy. throw the Walter, wouldn't you throw the Walter Camp and some of the others in there? I mean, obviously the Bolitnikoff is a position-specific award, sort of like the Remington for or the Outland for right. linemen. But you know, the Walter Camp—that's that's an all-encompassing. And Maxwell, you're right. So I mean, when you throw those in on top. Because a lot of time, a lot of times, you know, the Heisman winner doesn't win the Maxwell and the Walter Camp mm-hmm. because they're they're kind of consolation prizes for folks that they prob- they don't think are going to win necessarily the Heisman. I just think it speaks to how dominant a year that he had and how he was, you know, far and away the best player in college football this year. Or how little trust those award voters had in the Heisman to give it to a wide receiver. One of the two. <laughs> I mean, or, or both. Or both. Uh, there you because go. They, they didn't have the trust, but he was just he so was much better than everybody else that they couldn't not give it to him. Yeah, I, that's pretty impressive. Uh, and. I like the fact that he's won three of the four major bowl games. <laughs> like, that's insane. 
well, and you'll get a chance could, to win the Orange Bowl twice. And the thing is, that could never have happened back in the know, day, right? Yeah. Because I mean, Alabama would have gone to the Sugar Bowl four years, right? But and you wouldn't have had a Big Ten or a Pac Ten team in the Sugar Bowl or the Orange Bowl. So the college football playoff has certainly opened up the doors for these players to be able to play in unique positions. You such know. as such as the Rose Bowl in Arlington, Texas. <laughs> right? It's like that old joke that my dad used to tell me. He's like, you know, you know why Auburn fans can't make cookies? They can't reach the sugar bowl. Ouch. <laughs> Ouch. Like, dog, dad, that's bad. That, that, that's painful. And 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 sugar bowl officials were not upset when Auburn couldn't make the sugar bowl because they will tell uh, a a sugar bowl official once told my granddad that they uh, Auburn fans bring a ten dollar bill and a pair of underwear and don't change either one, so <laughs> they want they wanted Alabama down there because they spent a week. <laughs> Good lord! I'm telling you, that's man, an that's, awful. That's a that's just an awful image. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you got a ten dollar bill. Don't change it. Stop. I'm just saying, <laughs> speaking of Auburn, uh, they might be able to reach the Sugar Bowl now. They've got some really good football coaches, uh, um, as Brian Harson has certainly made a splash with at least one hire, and he's probably made an enemy with two hires, <laughs> a lifelong enemy. Uh, yeah, for, for life. For life, yeah. <laughs> that guy's not going to be happy. <laughs> yeah, Shane Beamer is not a happy camper this morning. I do not believe. Yeah, Oof. but um, let's get. Why to the, is that, Mo? Well, Why is Shane get, Beamer mad at Brian Harson? <laughs> well, let's get to the fun one first. Um, the one that didn't upset anyone. Um, congratulations to Derek Mason, um, the new defensive coordinator on the loveliest village on the plains. Um, and I Brian, truly, I truly believe it may be the best hire of the off season by anybody. Well, I mean, when you look at what he did at Vanderbilt, and and you figure what he's going to have to work with at Auburn, you you, you got to feel like, and this isn't just a eh hire. This is this is a home run hire, I think, and. You know, I don't know that it's the Nick Saban rehabilitation program, but, I mean, I don't think anybody ever doubted Derek Mason's ability to draw up defensive schemes, even with everything else that was going on at Vanderbilt. And so to see him back in the SEC or stay in the SEC, it's pretty pleasing. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty fired up about it. He's a good dude. He He is. And he's a very good defensive football coach, and Auburn's going to be much better on that side of the football. And and for Brian Harson to bring in someone with the knowledge of the Southeastern Conference that Derek Mason has, I think is a good move on his part coming in from Boise and and every place else that he's been. 
Yeah, that was one of the big concerns for a lot of people was can Brian Harson recruit the southeast the southeastern United States? He was only at Arkansas State for one year. He spent most of his time in Texas. Mm-hmm. So and then he went out west. What what this does is again it brings in somebody who has recruited the southeastern United States for the last several years. And then he went out and hired a guy who is born and bred and absolutely ingrained into the SEC on the offensive side of the ball in Mike Bobo (laughs) guy who coached and developed at the time who became at the time the all-time winningest quarterback in Southeastern Conference history David Green played in the SEC played in the SEC so I mean so this is a guy who you know, you hire Mike Bobo to be your offensive coordinator. Now, granted, he's not been very good the last couple of years, but he hasn't had a very good quarterback. I mean, Jake Fromm, and you know, in the last three years, his his offensive offenses have been um, ranked ninetieth or worse. Yeah, we talked about some of those numbers, and I mean. You, you can draw this thing up in a number of different angles, I think, because the performance has not been great. But his, like you said, his knowledge of the Southeastern Conference and, you know, some of the offenses he's worked in over the long haul, not necessarily short, but, but over a long period of time, he's, he's been quite successful at, you know, quarterback coach slash OC and, that's what Shane, Shane Beamer was looking forward to having on his staff at South Carolina. Right. I mean, when he was when he when he was Georgia's offensive coordinator from 2012 to 2014, um, Georgia finished 19th, 21st, and eighth nationally in scoring, which is pretty good. That ain't bad. Now it's not been great lately. It is what it is. I get that. But this is a guy who's developed David Green, Matt Stafford, and Aaron Murray. Okay, and. Unfortunately for Bo Nix, Mike Bubba will be his third offensive coordinator in three different seasons. And we've seen what that does to a quarterback, Marcus Mariota, (laughs) who couldn't get a system in because they kept changing coaches on him every year. So give Bo Nix Mike Bobo for the next three years, and he may be a different quarterback by the time he's done on top of that they'll have will friend who will be coaching offensive line who would coached at tennessee this past year was slated to go to south carolina as well did he ever get there i don't know that he ever got there i don't know (laughs) but he also Left I mean, he, he didn't Bobo. get he he didn't get the garnet and black polos or anything. I mean, they hadn't even <laughs> got had a chance to get his size before he <laughs> bolted. You know, so there you go. I I think they're good hires. I don't know. I I mean, I'm glad Will Friend is out of Knoxville because I don't think he's a very good coach. But that's there neither here nor there. Okay, um, so 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 stop, 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 stop. How do you say I think they're good hires? But I'm glad he's not in Knoxville. Well, I think they're good hires for to together. I think Bobo and Friend are 
they work well together. They have a, a common knowledge of their particular idea, ideology in, in offense. And I don't think that friend fit um, the Tennessee offense very well because I don't think the Tennessee offense was very intelligent. So, But he had five five-stars across the line, and we struggled. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. We're getting played off. We are, and that's okay. That's okay. Yes. When we come back, we're going to talk more college football. In fact, we'll talk about Tennessee and their assistant coaches on the other side of a break with Joe Rexroad from The Athletic. He will join us in the 10 o'clock hour, and I'm excited about it. So we'll get him for a couple segments. Make sure to tune into that. This is Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Stay tuned. The Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today podcast is brought to you in part by Beck Dental Care, Columbia Academy, Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, Andy Wilhoyt with United Country Realty, the Law Office of David A. Bates, and Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years, specializing in. Today with TSWA Hall of Famer Maurice Patton. Here's Chris Yao. Welcome back in to Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. As you heard, that's the the golden pipes of JP Plant on those promos. We appreciate that, and of course, it is always a pleasure to be joined by the Hall of Famer Mo Patton. So we come to you in the second hour on this Friday. It's a beautiful Friday. Snowy down in the south, southern middle Tennessee area. And I'm kind of jealous, I'm not going to lie. I wish that that we'd had a little snow here, but we did not. So, sad day. You had, to move, you had to, to move to the big city. Yeah, JP gets to have all the fun. He, I, I hope he's out there doing snow angels. That's what I hope. <laughs> I hope when he when we leave this show, he goes outside and does snow angels in his smoking jacket. Yeah, in his smoking jacket. Yes. <laughs> and again, it is you know six minutes past the ten o'clock hour, and we are very fortunate to have Mo Patton on this show because he knows everybody, JP. <laughs> He, he literally knows everybody. When you've been in the sports world and sports writing world for longer than your co-host has been alive, then, uh, yes, <laughs> got to get him jabbing when I can. Uh, <laughs> then you, you, you tend to, to make some connections. And this morning we are pleased to be joined by Joe Rexroad of The Athletic and his own radio show in the mornings on 1025 the game uh what what was that face for mo oh my my computer made a noise and and oh (laughs) 
<laughs> okay. Me a bit. Yeah. I was like, are you not happy that we have Joe Rexroad on the show? I'm ecstatic. I'm ecstatic that we have Joe Rexroad on the show. No, <laughs> I, I'm not digging my computer making noises in the middle of a radio broadcast. But no, I'm I am. If if I were to ever put together a list of people that I had not worked with but wish I had, this guy would be at the top of it. Man, impressive words there from the Hall of Famer, Joe. Welcome in. How do you like that? Mm-hmm. That is uh, well. I, I very much appreciate that, Mo. Thanks, thanks a lot, and and likewise, and also likewise on the uh, often having uh, odd expressions because my technology does something that I'm not prepared for. So, oh, yeah, <laughs> we yeah, share that too. <laughs> well, you know, we and in my case, probably part of it is because I have been writing longer than my co-host has been alive. You know, so technology. <laughs> Technology sometimes tends to escape me, and so you know that's that that was one of those deals. But um, again, Joe, thanks for taking some time with us. I know you're busy as all get out, especially this time of year with everything that's going on. But we just kind of wanted to tap into your knowledge on whatever we could tap into your knowledge on. Well, no, thanks, <clears throat> thanks for having me, guys, and uh, great to be with you. And yeah, I don't know. I, I can tell you that I, I don't know what's going to happen this weekend, but but I am excited about it. Um, I, w- I wasn't big on the wasn't big on the you know, seventh team in the in the playoffs. Really, you know, I think the NFL playoffs were perfect. I hate the idea of a seventeenth game, but we do get two triple headers the next two days, and I mean, hey, you, you got to like that. It's tough to argue with that. I kind of like the seventh team just because it makes. The conference championship, the regular season conference championship, or the top seed, means something in that they're the only ones that don't don't have a game this week. So anybody that they play will have played will have played a game, obviously, which was the case regardless. But no one else gets that concession. So I kind of like it from that standpoint. Yeah, no, I hear you. I mean, certainly, if you're talking about those two things. Um, I'll I'll take the seventh team or expanded playoffs all day over the seventeenth. I hate the seventeenth regular season game idea. Even you know, all year we've been talking about Derrick Henry and what what a I mean, that Eric Dickerson record is still there. It's it's I think it's one of the great single season records in sports. And we think of these NFL single season performances obviously in the sixteen game context. I mean, it's been since nineteen seventy eight that they change it, and I, and I just. I, I hate, especially in this era where, you know, there's so much talk about more safety. Mm-hmm. And the NFL has obviously had to do a lot of things, you know, to try to pursue that. How how do you, you know, how do you uh, talk about that on one hand and then add another game on another? But regardless, that's that's off topic. But yeah, look, I, I, I'm okay with the seventh game. And and gosh, in the AFC this year, guys, and you got to, you know. You look at, uh, I mean, the Titans have made it as nine and seven last couple of years in the 16 field, and this year you got 11 and five teams uh, that w- could have been left out, and a 10 and six team that was left out. Right. So, um, it's it's interesting when you consider this Baltimore Tennessee game on Sunday, um, 12 noon on ESPN slash ABC because you've got two trends kind of clashing it's my understanding that in the postseason when these two teams have met 
the home team has never won. But the Titans, I think, are five and one in wild card weekend games since um, since moving to Nashville, I think. So, you know, something's got to give. Yeah, and it's just it's wild to think. Yeah, you know that that in, in this rivalry, and, and it, you know, obviously, I think the rivalry between these teams, at least, probably could never possibly match what it was when you had Ray Lewis and Eddie George, you know, sort of personifying the rivalry. But still, you know, it, it's been between the fan bases now. It's been a great rivalry um, with those four games, and the fact that the, the home team has never won is really interesting, but I did not, I did not know that. That's a very interesting stat there, Mo, on, on the wild card weekend. And I don't know what that says. Obviously, you got different eras, different players and all that, but um, I do feel like this is unlike three of those four games in the past between these teams, and I guess more like the one that the Titans won uh, at Baltimore, the other one, you know, uh, many years ago. This is this is more of a toss-up game. That's the thing is, three of those four results were some level of shocking, right? Even though the Ravens end up winning the Super Bowl uh, twenty-one years ago with that unbelievable team, I mean, the Titans were the one team. I mean, I think the Titans are your absolute runaway Super Bowl champs if they get past the Ravens there. If they get there, um, yeah. yeah. If they get there, and then obviously last year the Ravens as the one. Maybe maybe the one from 2009. Maybe that was a little bit of a paper tiger team with the Titans. Uh, you know, after that 10 and 0 start, but they had just beaten the Steelers in a big game too. So um, this is not. This doesn't have. This won't have the shock value. You know that some of those games had. And I'll be shocked, honestly, guys, if we don't get a, a really good game. That will be disappointing. I think we will have a good one, and I think we'll probably have the most offensively, uh, you know, offensively productive probably game ever between these teams in a, in a postseason. Yeah, you know, when we talk about um, this rivalry, you, you think about the last two times these two teams have played, obviously the Titans have gotten the better of the Ravens, and I'm sure that Lamar Jackson is letting his team know that, you know, going three in a row against the Titans is, is unacceptable. So he especially has to have a chip on his shoulder because the last two times out, he's not looked very good against the Titans. Yeah, you know, it's it's interesting because in last year's uh, playoff meeting, you know, obviously the shocking win for the Titans, he he ends up with 508 yards from scrimmage, you know. (laughs) So even in this bad game, he he ends up with big numbers. But a lot of that is in the second half and the Titans are – are just playing soft zone and, and, you know, just trying to, to run and hide. Um, but he didn't have a big game. He, they did a really good job because he ran for 143 in that game, um, and he ripped up a few big ones. That game comes down to two fourth and one plays, you know, and John Harbaugh is like, of course we're going for it. This is the best rushing offense by far in the NFL, and the Titans get those huge stops. And then a couple turnovers, one of them, is a Lamar Jackson throw that just goes off his tight end's hands, and uh, I believe that's the one that Logan Ryan picked off. You know, so turnovers, big stop. Um, other than that, you know, the Ravens had some success, but in this last game in November, really good job, fifty-one yards rushing for Lamar Jackson, and then the Ravens are up twenty-one ten, but they get the big mistake out of him, and I think that's a huge thing here. 
Sunday is can you can you get a turnover or two with this Titans defense along with obviously stopping the rushing attack. I'm not convinced the Titans, <clears throat> you know, are just going to go out there and do it again, even though they obviously have a pretty good formula. You still have to execute within that formula. And I do think that J.K. Dobbins, who had a good game in November, he had 15 for 70, but he's really come on now. Um, and he kind of reminds me of Jonathan Taylor with the Colts, rookie who's kind of finding his way and now really surging going into the playoffs. I mean, the Titans have got to, you know, and Gus Edwards and Mark Ingram too, but I think especially with Dobbins. You know, if the, if the Ravens can get some straight-ahead gap running game going along with the option stuff, it's just hard to deal with. We're speaking with Joe Rexroad from The Athletic, and Joe, you mentioned that you feel like this is probably going to be the most offensively explosive game of the weekend. For Tennessee, it almost has to be that. Does it not? No doubt. I mean, you, at this point, you, you basically, if you're the Titans, and of course you just focus on one matchup. And, and frankly, I mean, if you look at the other AFC teams, I mean, I think this broke pretty well for that Titans defense. I mean, they, they really match up poorly with teams that are high volume, you know, efficient passing teams. I mean, obviously when you have the, the worst third down uh, opponent percentage success in NFL history, going back to when the stat, you know, started as an official stat in 1991, but the only team that's ever in that time allowed more than 50%. I mean, there are definitely worse matchups, but you still overall have to feel like in any matchup in these playoffs, your offense has to be, I don't want to say perfect, but it has to produce big numbers. And it can. It can produce those big numbers. You know, I think just defensively for the Titans, if they can, you know, mix in some stops, get a few punts in there. But again, the one thing that they have done in a lot of these wins, and the reason they're eleven and five despite a bad defense, is they have been able to get the timely turnover. You know, sometimes it's a tip pass at the line. I mean, they they fooled Josh Allen a couple times in that big win over the Bills. So that's got to be it. The fact that the Titans are this bad on defense, but then also are tied for number one in the league at plus 11 in turnover margin. That's one of those stats that's hard to you know really figure out, but that's got to be part of this formula. It's just funny to me just how it's just taken for – for it, it's just a known fact. These guys are awful on defense. Yeah, and, and, they, and, and they weren't a year ago, you know, with a lot of the yeah. same players. I think one of the stunning stats also is – you know, they, they needed four sacks at, at Houston Sunday to get to 19, which means they are only tied with the worst sack total for a playoff team. Um, but, like, the same personnel, basically, had 43 sacks last year, which it's, uh, that number seems big to me. Like, because what did we talk about going to last offseason? Got to find a pass rusher. Got to get – but Dean Pease schemed up a lot of sacks, you know, a lot of pressure. A lot of affecting the quarterback, and they just haven't they haven't been able to do that nearly enough this year. So yeah, it's just at this point, it kind of reminds me a little bit of especially like third long. That's where they've given it up so much this year again because quarterbacks can sit in there and sit and sit and wait and go to their fourth read and pick it up, and that's happened way too often. And it's 
it's almost like when they get into third and long defensively, it's like when the Predators got on the power play a couple of years ago. You know, it's like you'd rather mm-hmm. not be in, like it's a favorable situation, but you'd rather not have it, you know, because you don't perform in it. But hey, it is a new season for these guys. And a lot of this game is like be physical and tackle. And, and this, this is assignment football, obviously, against the option. And so maybe in this kind of matchup, maybe they just, maybe they just have a knack for, performing in it and they can get a little bit of momentum Sunday. I sure hope so. You know, it's it's so funny that this is the only team I've ever cheered for that I was hoping for third and three instead of third and eight. But hey <laughs> you know, it it it's it's amazing. And like you said, you know, against you you're hoping for an offensive shootout and you hope the the Titans are able to to find some offense against the number two ranked scoring defense in the national football league by the way um so it's pretty impressive that the titans have been able to do what they have been able to do with such a poor defensive performance this year really excited about this game again that game is on espn slash abc at noon on sunday and it will be a lot of fun to watch, and we're going to take a quick break right here. Joe, if you don't mind, do you, you mind sticking around for one more segment? Not at all. All right, we're going to get uh, Joe Rexrode back on the other side of a quick break here on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Day, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Stay tuned. We'll talk about some Tennessee volunteers. Hey, folks. While we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ned Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader-building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. Are you finally ready to turn your outdated kitchen into a dream kitchen, but you don't want to deal with the hassle of a remodel? Call our friends Lynn and Kathy over at By Design Cabinetry in Spring Hill. They have the latest trends and timeless classic looks for your home. By Design Cabinetry is your solution to indoor and outdoor cabinets. Visit them at bydesigncabinetry.com or call 615-241-1195. Middle Tennessee Sports Today, the sports talk show you've always wanted. Welcome back in to Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Chris Yao, Mo Patton, J.P. Plant with you here as we approach the bottom of the hour. Still joined by The Athletics, Joe Rexroad. Also, if you want to hear all of Joe's thoughts, you can... Check him out on Robbie and Rex Road in the morning on 102.5 The Game, 6 to 10. Yeah, but you have to stop listening at 9 so you can come back to our show. So There you go. <laughs> <laughs> we, we can't be having you taking all of our listeners, Joe. Sorry. That's fine. Well, the my, good thing my family is, would pick you. I, I th- the good thing is I don't think Joe and Robbie get a whole lot into high school stuff. 
So, <laughs> yeah. We, if you're we, listening to high, for so high school we, stuff, we you're definitely feeling us. Anyway. Oh, man. Every once in a while, uh, I pump up Nolansville High, but, yeah. you know. <laughs> Got to give the Knights credit where it's due, man. Right. So, hey, Jeff, dipping into high school stuff for just a second, I don't know if you've seen Nolansville play, but um, their girls' team, Zach Pillar's daughter, Zoe, really good. Oh, absolutely. No, in fact, uh, for the Tennessean, I wrote about Zoe and Zach a couple years ago when she was a sophomore, and then obviously she had the knee injury and things like that, but um, they uh, – She's terrific and just, you know, love the, it's the intensity and the, the fire that she plays with. And they've, they've got a really good thing. I have not been able to watch this season's team play yet. You know, obviously if it were normal times, that wouldn't be the case, but, uh, mm-hmm. but they've, they've done a really good job uh, with that program. And, and yeah, she's, uh, she's great. And of course, Zach, you know, if he's in a gym with a, if he is in a gym, I don't care how many people are in it. I don't care how loud those people are. You will know his thoughts on just about every play. So that's also entertaining in its own right. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, hey, um, appreciate you sticking around with us for a second segment, Joe. And, and in addition to your Titans duties, you um, do a lot with the University of Tennessee um, football in particular. And – They've got some interesting times going on up there right now. Oh, yes. Yeah, you, you can you can say that. Uh, and it seems like uh, they just can't get out of interesting times. You know, not the kind of interesting <laughs> they want, but it's a really weird situation. Um, you know, and, and some more kind of – it, it, it looks worse for Jeremy Pruitt after – after yesterday, Mark Schlebach from ESPN with the story, you know, that officially that there's a hiring freeze. I mean, one of the things that I um, was looking for here in the last few weeks was, okay, let's see if Jeremy Pruitt actually fills either of those open assistant coach spots. Because if he does, that tells you that this investigation isn't jeopardizing his, his future employment with Tennessee. And the fact that, that it isn't, tells you that he's in absolute jeopardy. Um, and I'm not ready to sit here and say, no way Jeremy Pruitt's back next year, but this looks like a situation with, one, an investigation of some serious stuff, and two, the potential that his buyout, which right now, if they just fired him, they would owe him 12, about $12.8 million, that that number may be lower uh, when it's all said and done and they may be looking for a coach soon. Is, is is it almost too late to be looking for a coach? I mean, you're you're coming up on obviously the second signing day, and then spring practice is just around the corner. Or does it matter? Well, it's not ideal timing, but you know, some of that depends on you know who's out there. And the fact is, right now you've got Gus Malzahn looking for a home. You've got Tom Herman looking for a home. Uh, if he would be of interest. And look, everybody knows. I mean, Hugh Freeze has made it. I mean, Hugh Freeze does everything but tweet every day. I would love to be Tennessee's coach. So, doesn't matter what time of year it is, you you can get him. Um, the the funny thing with Hugh Freeze to me would be like if if 
if it goes the way of Jeremy Pruitt is, you know, fired with cause is one thing, but even if it's a negotiated buyout that is negotiated down because of, of these issues, because of this investigation, how would you then turn around and hire Hugh Freeze? I, I don't know. Other than I guess I should say, accepted that it's big time college football in the SEC, and there's, you know, I mean, there's stuff like that all the time. But that's pretty extreme. But yeah, I mean, the timing's not great. Other than you do have some good options out there um, that you could potentially have the quick fix. Uh, you could, I guess, maybe potentially avoid the painful search like the last time around. That after all was said and done, you had a fired AD, and you end up with Jeremy Pruitt. Like, to me, if it goes this way and Jeremy Pruitt is going to lose his job here, I know some people are not big on Gus Malzahn and, he, you know, he was inconsistent and, they, you know, they Auburn ended up not being happy with him. But, boy, that could be an incredible save, I feel like, for Tennessee. Uh, because also there are some good staffers who are with him who are also free agents right now. He could bring Kevin Steele with him, potentially. Obviously, uh, Balls fans know Kevin Steele well. He's talking about a guy who's a very accomplished coordinator. So, I, I mean, it's all speculation I, right now. But uh, any, I'm keeping an open mind on any outcome here, guys. <laughs> I would certainly be interested to see Gus Malzahn take Kevin Steele anywhere after the news that he was supposedly trying to mm. undercut him for the last three years. I mean, I don't know. I'm just saying that would be, Fair point. That would be interesting. <laughs> yeah. That is a good yeah. point. They got to be really good friends to survive what, the speculation that we saw <laughs> during that coaching mm. search. No doubt. Well, when, when has there not been subterfuge around an Auburn football situation, though? Joe, my question is this, <laughs> and and maybe I'm being too logical for my own good, but Auburn gave, I guess, here at some point here in the last few days, Cut Guts Malls on a check for almost eleven million dollars. He's got another ten million coming. Why is he going anywhere? Yeah, no, that's a great point, and it's a good question. Now, you know, it, I think it's. I mean, it, it allows him to certainly be very choosy. Um, but when it comes down to it, if you're Gus Malzahn and you still want to coach more, and you're fifty-five years old and you don't want to just you know, go plunk down on a beach somewhere. What? what Why what would you not want to go? <laughs> well, yeah. Hey, look, if I was them, I would, hey, that's what. But I, I, that's what I would do. I mean, like, like I said, like if I was Arthur Smith, I also would just like be spending money right now and not, uh, you know, studying the Baltimore Ravens. You know, but <clears throat> but I mean, if if he's driven to be a coach, if he wants to do it, mm-hmm. this is a pretty good. This is a pretty good parachute, you know, because. I just I don't see Gus Malzahn getting a top crust job at this point, but I but I could see him looking at Tennessee and saying, well, if A, B, and C is taken care of, I mean the resources are there, the fan base is there, the facilities are there, you know, to to challenge in the East, you know, if, if I do what I know I can do in building a program, um, that's. That's what's crazy. So, but, but, about but you're right. Yeah, but you're right. I mean, like he he he's got to he can be super picky right now. At the least, that's what's crazy about the whole UT situation is the way people talk about it. Like they can never be good again. Like folks forget how long Alabama wandered in the wilderness between, you know, Stallings and and Saban and and. 
it just feels like to me UT is one higher away from, I hate to use the phrase, but from being back. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, I think that there's – now, I've heard some Tennessee fans say, you know, like we're right there with, uh, you know, whatever program you want to say. And I would say if you look at – and, and I, I don't think that's true. I mean, if you look at this historical performance, I mean, the Fulmer years and, you know, the, the great end of majors career and the, some of those Fulmer years, I mean, those were still – those were beyond sort of um, the norm – you know, over decades, obviously you have ups and downs based on your hires, but in general, I agree. I mean, you're the right coach away. You got a lot of things in your favor here. This is still to me, I don't know, top 12 job Mm -hmm. in the country, something like that. That's pretty good. Now are Florida and Georgia better jobs. Yes. And they're still on your side of, of the sec, but (laughs) yeah, Tennessee should be handling everyone else in the East and should be competing with those two for champ to go to Atlanta and should have its share of trips to Atlanta. I mean, that's totally fair. Then from there, do you win the SEC? Do you win a national championship? You know, you've got to be extraordinary. Like you said, Mo, I mean, Alabama, all those advantages, all that history, all that tradition, all those resources, and bad coaching hires, didn't, and it didn't mean squat, you know? So that's the hard part. And, and you know, the hard part right now is um, – if you do end up moving on from Pruitt, you know, then do you get a hire of someone who could actually take it there or is it another Band-Aid hire? And that's where, and then you're just in the cycle again of two, three, four years and you start over. Got to get out of that cycle. No doubt. And with what we're seeing now, obviously with the hiring freeze and assistant coaches not getting extended, some of whom have contracts ending at the end of this month, that has to mean that there's going to be a decision soon, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's just, that's the crazy thing is (laughs) you, you are pressed right now for time in terms of all the things going on around a program. Again, you've got players leaving. You've got, um, you know, Ty Chandler in the portal and DeAndre Johnson in the portal. You knew you were losing quarterbacks. Although it also blows my mind, guys, that like you see like a Hendon Hooker, uh, transfer in yesterday. And it's like, right. Guy, have you, have you looked at what's going on? Like you don't know who you're playing for next year. But hey, I mean, the transfer portal is its own wild, wild west. But yeah, there's so much urgency, but you know, an investigation doesn't necessarily go on that kind of a timetable. If the and this is where you know, I mean this is where I feel for Tennessee fans. Like if you're a Tennessee fan right now, you're like just tell us what the outcome is. Fire the guy, yes, please. And if right, and if you're and if you're Tennessee and and, and this is, I mean, if the financial implications here mean that much to you. And look, we're talking about a place that has reported forty million dollars shortfall, and it's like, well, being able to fire him and pay him five million means a lot rather than paying him thirteen. But in the meantime, what are you losing in the process? I mean, it's uh, it, it demands. I know that there was a, a UT you know spokesperson who kind of gave a statement, but other than that, and like the Fulmer, you know, statement about the bowl game, like yeah, we look forward to you know supporting Coach Pruitt in the spring. I mean, there hasn't been anything. This is where some leadership needs to step up here more, 
and kind of tell people what's going on really soon at Tennessee. Um, Speak, and speaking it's just, of former, it's a bad limbo. Speaking of former, if Pruitt's gone, is he gone as well? That's a great question. I've always thought that if if Fulmer is – the thing is, Fulmer, look, it's his guy, right? He hired him, so usually that's how you think. You think of ADs and coaches tied together. But it's his guy in a bad spot. I mean, it's the best he could do at the end of that horrible coaching search. So, like, for Fulmer, I could see Fulmer be like, you know what, give me a chance at a full search and let me see what I can do. But if Fulmer is – throwing all his support behind Pruitt, and you could see from the coaching perspective why he would. Like, guys, it's year three. I mean, I mean he's a, he made the comparison to Johnny Major's early tenure with, with Tennessee. What if, what if people were that quick to give up back then, right? If, if he believes that and believes in Pruitt, and then this is sort of being forced on him, then I could see, well, I, you know, or if it's taken out of his hands at all, why, is, why does Philip Fulmer want to stick around to be a figurehead? I mean, I guess you could say to get paid, but I, I I don't know that I buy that. So is he is he forced out? I, boy, I you know this is where you know internal conversations. I just don't know what they are. But um, I would think that Philip Fulmer, when you talk about someone, his legacy is always going to be as the coach at Tennessee and what he did at Tennessee. But I still think he's a guy who would want to have a crack at a hire that works. I I was. Stunned at the major slash Pruitt comparison when it came out <laughs> for the fact that you know majors had Iowa State and Pitt under his belt and a national championship. Uh, yeah, where, where yeah. Pruitt was just coming out of the box, but not, I thought that was an interesting comparison there, to say the least. I almost thought it was a desperation comparison. But. Well. If you're comparing the first three years, Johnny Majors had a national championship and two head coaching hires under his belt, and Jeremy Pruitt had none, and yet here they are, basically equal. The problem for Jeremy Pruitt is that he turned around a really bad season last year and ends up beating Indiana, who's pretty good in a bowl game, and then you turn around this year and you go 3-7 and and you look awful doing it. You can't – I mean – you look like you're regressing instead of progressing. And even if Philip Fulmer did get a full hire, Joe, uh, you know, a full search, it wouldn't be this year. <laughs> Not if right. it starts in mid-January. That's right. That's right. So, so, so if it's this year, it's got to be an emergency hire again. So that's why you throw your support behind Pruitt for one more year and say, guys, we got we, we have to get through this one more year and see how it goes and, and go from there. I, you can't. You you just can't. I, I, I don't think it's possible. <laughs> but who am I and what do I know? <laughs> and there we go. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's just a terrible situation. And, you know, the, and the counter to that, too, is like you may have a full search next year and you still may not have the quality of candidates who just happen to be available now, you know? Uh but I will say this, in, in, in general terms, I think a big problem for Tennessee is that there is a perception in the coaching community that this place in particular does not have strong leadership from the top down, is not all on the same page, has more booster meddling than other places. Um, you got so much 
changing even the chancellor and president level at Tennessee. And that kind of instability scares people off. Like, again, I go back to the last coaching search. Like, Jeff Brom from Purdue, that guy should have been walking to Tennessee, right? He should have been hitchhiking from Purdue to Tennessee. And yet he was scared away for whatever reason. And that that's a concern. So there's another argument in, in favor of holding off to, to not look like you're just – I mean, look, right now it looks like this is a coup and, and they're trying to come up with this investigation to knock his buyout down. I'm not saying that's what it is, but that's how – some coaches are going to look at it. That's why, going back to your point, Mo, on Gus Malzahn, like if I'm him and it gets to that, I'm asking a whole bunch of tough questions about what exactly <laughs> is going on internally in Tennessee. That was that was actually the first thought that I had when that news came out, that somebody is setting Pruitt up. And I think that's what a lot of us thought. So it, it, it's unfortunate, and it is what it is, but – Tennessee is a dumpster fire and has been for the last 10 years. So, I mean, whatever we got to do to burn it down and get and start building back up as, as a fan, I'm just saying. <laughs> Joe, yeah. thanks so much for hanging out with us today. We really appreciate your time and uh, your insight into the Titans and Vols and whatnot. And, uh, of course, tell folks how they can find you on Twitter and all of the other social medias. Yeah, well, thanks so much for having me, guys. Yeah, at Joe Rexroad on Twitter, um, theathletic.com, and, yeah, 102.5 in the mornings with, with Robbie. I'm Robbie Rexroad. It's been uh, great talking to you guys. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks, Joe. Appreciate your time. All right. All right. When we come back, we will give you our parting shots for the weekend and maybe some predictions on some college football and NFL. And before we do that, though, I do want to mention – um, according to a tweet from Bobby Valentine, Tommy Lasorda has passed away. Mm. So that's unfortunate and news this morning. One of the greats. So, all right, when we come back, we'll get into predictions and more on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint State. If you've listened to this show, you know Chris and I are always down for a good meal. Recently, we learned about Patio West in Spring Hill and what a pleasure it has been. Their menu is full of seafood, burgers, and more, giving every member of your family something to enjoy. Be sure to go by Patio West Coastal and Comfort Eats located at 3011 Longford Drive in Spring Hill or visit patiowest.com and tell them the guys at Southern Middle Tennessee Sports sent you. When we're out covering sports in and around Murray County, communication between Maurice and I is absolutely vital to our success. When your business needs top-notch communication and local service, Covenant Technology is there, and they are dedicated to helping your business succeed by ensuring open lines of communication to your clients and customers. Contact them today at 615-846-9898 or visit covenanttechnology.net. Sports and beyond. It's on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today. Welcome back into Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. Chris Yao here, Mo Patton, 
JP Plant with you. And we are 13 minutes to the top of the 11 o'clock hour on this Friday as we get ready for Super Wild Card Weekend in the National Football League. We get ready for the National Championship game on Monday night. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, hopefully we will be hearing that game. I, at this point, I think it's got to be played, if, if I'm guessing. I don't know how on you schedule. can't. Yeah, I don't know how you can't play it at this point. I don't know. I mean, yeah, to I me. Mean, it's a Monday game, right? Mm-hmm. Right. They're already in town. Yeah. Got to be. I can't imagine, and I haven't seen any, you know, any anything come out about Ohio State and COVID to this point. So I'm assuming that they're, uh, you know, they're okay. They've got enough to play. I don't know. I mean, obviously, you'd like to have a, you know, you'd like to have Ohio State at 100, percent but isn't it just time to put this season to bed and move on? <laughs> Next man up. I mean, you know. Yeah, I don't think there's been any team that's been truly 100% anyway. So, I mean, everybody – this is not isolated. Everybody's been dealing with this in some some capacity. So, uh, yeah, I think it's, you know, let, let, let's get it on, <laughs> as, as somebody once said. Now, yeah. the, the only thing – the, the only thing is that with so many concessions having been given to Ohio State over the course of this season – there's no reason for them not to think that they wouldn't get one here. Right? I mean, we've changed the rules three or four different times for them, so might as well keep it going. Change them again. That's the theme of the season right now. I don't know. At this point, play the game, get it over with, put the season to bed, and let's just be done with it. Try to get to next year and go on. Or to later this year. I mean – because you got a bunch of folks that are getting ready to tee it up here in the next few weeks in their spring season. Including my Jacksonville State Gamecocks. They start in February. The OVC does. Goodness gracious. That's crazy. Uh, isn't that, it's going to be a lot of fun, I think. I think it's going to be great to have some spring football that, you know, at least a certain number of people care about. My My question again is, so you're going to play spring football in FCS. Then are you going to come back and play the 2021 fall season as well? Mm-hmm. I mean, this is basically just a uh, – this is a a spring schedule of scrimmages and jamborees, basically. Are, are, are they not playing a championship in FCS? Uh, yes, they are. May fourteenth, so, fifteenth, or sixteenth—one of those two days. Yeah. So again, I mean, it's and then so they're gonna the championship game is gonna be in May, midday, yeah. and then they're gonna come back and play a conventional season this fall. Uh, my guess is they'll play another um, conference only. Conference only. But I don't know. I don't know if some FCS teams can 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 do that. I don't either. I mean, they need those money games. I mean, you saw Austin P play three games, I think, this past fall. And two of those were money games, I believe. 
Yeah, JSU went to FIU and won, <laughs> collected a check and got a win. There you go. Um, that's how you. That's how you do it, right there. I mean, that's yeah. how you do it. You you get paid and you win the ball game. That's 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 the ultimate. That's that's the only way to do it, folks. <laughs> but yeah, I, so I, I agree that it's you know, it is what it is. But at this point, you just gotta, you know, you, you just have to go with what you can get and if you want to play you play and if you don't you don't i guess i I just don't know i just think that's a really big ask or a really tough position to put kids in to play what 12 games or whatever it is in a calendar year like that well they will i mean they played october jacksonville state played october 3rd you know they played florida state then they played Four games total over the over that time period. They will have played eleven uh, after in the you know in this particular season once they're done. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, regular I guess, season, right? They 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 will have played eleven games in three hundred and sixty five days, which is normal. Except you've got a you know a four month bye week. <laughs> and uh and then you've got then you you're going to come you're going to turn around and play my guess is they're probably not going to start until october again wouldn't wouldn't you think that would only make sense i don't know but we've been threatening to get your ad on and it might be time to do that i think we need to i think yeah. i think wayne waynesboro native greg signs and, and Current current Jacksonville State Athletics Director Greg Seitz does need to get on the show, so we'll we'll, yeah. we'll work on that and ask him these questions. But we yeah. do have NFL Super Wild Card Weekend, and I am curious to see um, what you are thinking, Mo and JP. What uh, let's go through this here and see what you guys got. The uh, Buffalo Bills hosting the Indianapolis Colts again. That is at twelve oh five on CBS. In Buffalo, what you got? I don't like being placed in the position of having to root for Indianapolis, for one thing. But I think if you're a Titans supporter, that's where your allegiances lie in that one. Unfortunately, I don't think it's going to go that way. Buffalo's hot right now. Yeah, I I agree. There's no question, as a Titans fan, you do want the Colts or one of those – uh, wild card teams to to get a win on the road um but uh yeah allen is hot the quarterback josh allen uh coming into the playoffs they're at home and you know it's been a long time for them and they're going to be excited uh, although you know conversely you do have the veteran philip rivers uh, at the helm for the colts and it wouldn't it would not surprise me the line sits at six and a half right now um, if I were to do anything, I would probably go with the Colts to cover that. Um, I do think it'll be a close game. Um, th- this is one of the more difficult games for me this weekend to to discern. You also got some local flavor on that Buffalo team with um, former Brentwood Academy and Ole Miss tight end Dawson Knox and former Centennial and Texas A&M linebacker Tyrell Dodson. So... If if you were looking for a reason to root for the Bills, there's a couple right there. 
There you go. I'm not rooting for the Bills. I, I've got the Colts <laughs> winning this game. <laughs> I think I the hope, Colts. Win I hope outright. you're. I hope you're right. I, uh, right. I just. I don't trust Philip Rivers right now. You just don't like Philip Rivers. So I don't whether like, you I trust him or not doesn't <laughs> matter. I don't like Philip Rivers, but I don't trust him right now either. I, I think. I think he's going to throw one to them late. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he's certainly done it in the past. Yeah. The Rams ten and six at the Seahawks twelve and four. That's at three forty at Lumen Field in Seattle on Fox. What you got? It's tough to pick against the Seahawks. Yeah, I, I'm. It's tough to pick. For, it's tough to pick for the Rams. I'm, I'm gonna. I'm gonna ride with Russell Wilson. I, I, yeah. You know, I think that's the difference maker here. Whether they're at home or the road, I, I think I like Russell Wilson. I think they they went. The, the line's only at three. And again, if I were to to go on this, I would certainly go. I think the Seahawks cover maybe by at least a touchdown. Yeah, because we I, don't I know what Jared Goff is going to do if he's going to play. I mean, I haven't heard anything. I know. He's had he had that surgery that on his hand, and um, so if he plays, how good can he be? If he doesn't, you got your backup in there. Uh, there's just a lot of question yeah. marks around the Rams' offense. Um, obviously, you got uh, Aaron Donald on defense, but I still like Russell Wilson. Seahawks to cover in that one. Uh, Bucks and football team <laughs> at seven fifteen Central Time at FedEx Field in Washington. Uh, I assume we're all going Buccaneers here. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I think to cover, yeah. Bears and Saints at 340 at Mercedes-Benz Superdome in New Orleans on CBS, Nickelodeon, Amazon Prime, or wherever you live stream. It's on Nickelodeon, guys. Nickelodeon? Nickelodeon. Nickelodeon. Are they, are they animating it? Or what? I, certain, I certainly hope SpongeBob is among the commentators for that one. Bears at Saints. Who you got? Saints. Yeah, it's it's got to be the Saints. Uh, let's see. The line on that one is nine and a half. I've got a minus ten. All right. So, yeah, well, it's, either it's way, I that, think the Saints cover. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, Nickelodeon is a Viacom company which owns CBS. So sure, there lies. Doesn't matter. There lies why the is, connection. Why is? Uh, <laughs> Why is SpongeBob going to be on the call? Uh, Browns eleven and five at the Steelers twelve and four. This one is going to be interesting because the Browns haven't even practiced this week. They've not practiced. They're not going to have their head coach. Yeah, unfortunately, I think it's the Steelers, guys. I think you're right. I've got this one at six and a half, and I think they cover. And then finally, of course, the Baltimore Ravens coming to Nashville twelve oh five Central Time at Nissan Stadium. Who you got, Mo? I think the Titans find a way to win this one. Yeah, based on the history of the last year and a half with Tannehill at the helm, and you know, unless Derrick Henry gets hurt, I, I think the Titans win. They're they're actually a home dog, by the way. That's Man, right. Don't even put that out there. They, they are a home dog, but I, I'm with you guys. I think the Titans win and they cover. And I think that it's because exactly what you just said and what Joe Rexroad mentioned earlier, plus 11 in the turnover battle. Lamar Jackson throws one late. Tennessee gets the win, and we move on in the playoffs. Guys, thanks so much for joining us. We hope that you will stick around. If you missed any part of the show, find it on the uh, 
on the podcast SM-TN Sports today. Wherever you get your podcast, search that term or just go to SM-TNSports.com. You can find the rundown, all the information, box scores from high school sports, and full stories from tonight's games that we will be at, all available there on SM-TNSports.com. We appreciate you guys listening. We'll be back Monday morning at 9 a.m. This is Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Stay cool, Columbia.